All right. With Rango Efficiency System, please. Amen. Ephesians 6.10, Amplified. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his bulk, boundless might. Be strong where? And the Lord. Listen, the Lord spoke to me about a message. You know. And I wanted to either do it as a program or go Facebook Live and preach there. But for the purpose of what we are studying, I want to share it with you. It's a fresh message, but uh, let me share it with my family. Amen. Ephesians 6, it says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Which means, don't give space to even the slightest space for weakness. Amen. Because if he's asking you to be strong in the Lord, it means you can also be weak in the Lord. And what happens when you are weak? You become vulnerable. You become vulnerable to the threats of the devil. A weak person in the Lord is one that is afraid. He walks in fear. He's afraid of the future. He has issues with the fear. So one of the things you will notice is that when the Lord calls you and admonishes you to be strong, Sorry. Stories. Let's look at something. Joshua. Joshua. Joshua 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Or oh, you can start from verse... Uh, let's start from verse 5. And let's go to verse 7. Um, oh, 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 sorry. I have a new Let, one here. Okay, please start from verse 5 and finish at verse 9. Okay. Which, chap, which Bible you want to hear first, Pastor? Uh, you can start with your version, Miss Caroline. Oh. Okay. Um, Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 through 9 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I with, was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whenever you go, wherever you go, rather. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good source good success have i not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid or nor be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go amen mama Can you please read your version? I was trying to unmute, sir. Okay, so mine says Joshua Joshua 1, 5 through 9, right? Yeah. Joshua, no one will be able to oppose you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will never leave you. I will never desert you. Be strong and brave. You will lead these people. They will take the land as their very own. It is the land I promised to give their people of long ago. Be strong and very brave. Make sure you obey the whole law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn away from it to the right or the left. Then you will have success everywhere you go. Never stop reading this book of the law. Day and night, you must think about what it says. Make sure you do everything written in it. Then things will go well with you, and you will have great success. Here is what I am commanding you to do. Be strong and brave. Do not be afraid. Do not lose hope. I am the Lord your God. I will be with you everywhere you go. Wow. Amen. You see right there, Joshua was being called into a leadership position. And he needed strength to be the leader. Because there are decisions that without strength you can't take. You need to be strong to make certain decisions. Look at what he said. Be strong versus and of good courage, for unto these people shall thou divide for an inheritance. The land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever you go. 
It takes strength to obey the commands of God. It takes strength to be a leader. It takes strength to divide inheritances. And God knew that he would be afraid. So he gave him promises. He said, I will, as I was with Moses, the same way I was with Moses, it is the same way I'm going to be with you. Moses saw my face. You may not see my face, but I'm still going to be with you. And then in verse 9, he said, Have I not commanded you to be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid. Be not afraid. So you can be afraid. So those who are afraid... Somebody I know passed away. So I'm trying to see what Come again. Babe, you are saying something. The Bible is asking us to be strong because if we are weak, something can happen that would not be nice. It becomes something unbearable. You know. So we are being admonished to be strong. It's very, very important. Strength is important. Amen. And so we've been learning on we've been learning this subject over a period of time now. And we are climbing higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Hallelujah. And I believe that the Lord is helping us. Right from there, we went further to learn what it means to be steadfast. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 said, We should be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Which means, if you are not steadfast, you cannot do the work of God. If you are the type that can be moved or swayed, you don't qualify to stand in the position to represent God. Whether you stand in the office of a helper or a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, you need to be steadfast. And steadfastness is the ability to stay on course, on the right course. Is the ability to stay on the right course. Or the ability to come back when you are swayed. Because the work of God is in such a way that you can sway from it. Especially when you have to stand in the midst of an evil and rebellious generation and speak the truth. Which will affect the very lives of people. People will not like it. People will hate it. People will hate you for telling them the truth. You are likely to say, oh, I don't want to have problem with anybody. So you don't say the truth anymore. For instance, in today's 
the um, generation. There are churches. I've watched interviews of pastors who have been asked to sh um, share their opinion on lesbianism, homosexuality, and the responses they gave were quite unbelievable. I mean, one particular one he said, um, "You know, I give people hope. I give people hope." So. I, when I'm asked about these things, I, I, I don't really, it's people's private uh, matters, so I don't want to talk about it. I just preach hope. That then, then, you see, you are not being like your savior because you don't know more than God. What hope can you really give people that God cannot give? And he has been he has been clear right from the beginning. He says homosexuality is an abomination. Jesus spoke against it. It is in the gospels. So why would you comment that? Um, well, so in such a person's life, you can see that there is a little bit of fear. As to what people will say about him. And he's afraid that he's likely to lose members. Because some of the members are homosexuals and lesbians. If you come to my church and you are homosexual and lesbian. And I warn you. And you don't change. Then. The judgment of God. You'll be left with to deal with it. I cannot sack you from coming to the church. I know some churches that they will sack you. Don't come here. Because yeah. I'm poor. They don't joke. Like they are following God very hard. And to make a decision and tell on homosexual, don't come to my church with this lifestyle. It takes strength. If you are not strong, you can't do it. You know? Because as he is coming, imagine a less. Um, um, a, a, guy, a gay coming to your church. The money is coming to use as the offering was given to him by his gay boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> you understand? All kinds of things. But anyways, that's not what we are talking. <clears throat> the Lord gave me a new dog. It's like I have a newborn baby. I'm wiping a lot of pee and all kinds of trouble it's not easy for me uh, sorry it was just chewing my phone's charger <laughs> playing with it sorry um and so when you become a christian there are a number of things that will move try to move you away from being the type of christian you are supposed to be Amen. And it will only take the ability to be steadfast, to bring you on course. Amen. So it's very, very important. Now, we have looked at how one can remain on course and not move away from the right thing. Amen. And so,
we are going to look at one last last point and then we'll move to something else amen we look at the fact that you can be, become steadfast by not being overconfident you know you can become steadfast by not being hard and stubborn yesterday we looked at that and we are looking at today we are looking at the um becoming steadfast by allowing yourself to be corrected when you are wrong because it is only correction that can help you come back to the right path amen proverbs chapter 9 verse 8 proverbs chapter 9 verse 8 now before you go to proverbs chapter 9 verse 8 go to second timothy chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Amen. Miss Karen, please go ahead and read your version first. Yes, sir. Second um, Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen state: All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, duly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. Wow. Mama? So mine says, God has breathed life into all scripture. It is useful It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. It is useful for making our lives whole again. It is useful for training us to do what is right. By using scripture, the servant of God can be completely prepared to do every good thing. Hallelujah. Wow. By using scripture, the servant of God can be completely prepared. But that's not what we are looking at. We are looking at the fact that it is God that brought the scriptures and he gave life into the scriptures. And one of the benefits of scripture is correction. Okay? Correction. Proverbs, now let's go to Proverbs 9.8 and let's see what it says. Amen. 
Please go ahead. Amen. You said Proverbs chapter 9, verse 8. Yes, please. Miss Carla, just a second. Put your hand on your head, babe. But by authority in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every headache and every pain. You are healed in Jesus' name. Yes, please, you can go ahead, Miss Caroline. Amen. Um, Proverbs chapter 9, uh, verse 8 says, Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mama. Don't warn those who make fun of others, or they will hate you. Warn those who are wise, and they will love you. Amen. A wise person loves correction. And when you try to correct a wise person, he will fall in love with you. Hallelujah. You see, constant correction is what will keep you and I steadily on the path of righteousness. And that is not judging someone. That is not as if you are righteous than another person. But trying to apply scripture for instance if i make mistakes right and another person make mistakes and let's say i know the scripture that what i have there's a scripture that addresses my particular mistake i'll try to apply it to myself and correct myself unless there is someone else that corrects me that's fine like sometimes my wife can correct me i love it you know but there are people when you correct them, they feel you are judging them. They feel you are trying to say that you, you don't make mistakes. But it is not about that. It is not about I don't make mistakes. You know. But in order for us to come to the path of righteousness and stay on course to do the right thing all the time, there has to be some form of correction. You have to allow yourself to be corrected. When you are wrong, allow yourself to be told that you are wrong. And accept it. And cry and cry and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Listen, listen. We have come to Christ to learn new things and have a better life. That's why the Bible says, he that is in Christ is a new creature. Look at it. Look at it. Call it um, new creature. Look at it. Um, 
second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 look at it second corinthians 5 17 Please go ahead if you are there, Miss Caroline. Oh, okay, Pastor. Um, I, I was waiting on First Lady. I'm sorry. Um, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen states: uh, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new." Amen. My wife, your version. Okay, so I can't hear you, babe. Can you hear me? We can now. Okay. When anyone lives in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Wow. New creation new creation so you see you can't come to christ jesus and want to be a christian and say oh this is how i am that's not how you are do you understand it is a very great deception of the devil to say this is who you are Because if you decide to be who you are, then obviously, why did Jesus even die for you in the first place? He died so that you might have a new set of life. Repentance is simply changing from your old way to a new way of living, which is in alignment to the commandments and the desires of God. Before you had an old life that was a rebellious life that made you do whatever you felt like doing. But when you are in Christ, you are a new creature. So, somebody say, I am born again. I have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. But as your life changed, or is it changing? Is it changing? Has there been an improvement? Can you boldly say that how my life was is not how it is now? Can you look into your can you look into the mirror and look at your life and see an improvement? Then you can say you are becoming a Christian. The word Christians was, was first coined in Acts in the place called Antioch, and they said these are like Christ ones, which means they were demonstrating a certain type of lifestyle that showed that oh. They are living like the man called Jesus. 
We need to see Jesus when we see you. In your speech. In your conduct. In your reasoning. Christ must be reflected. And that can only happen when we open ourselves for correction in every aspect of our lives. We must be willing to open ourselves for correction. Amen. Because every aspect Amen. of our lives is linked with each other. Every area of our lives is linked together. And that's why we need we need this correction. And how does God do that? One one of the main ways he does that is that he will raise up pastors who will correct you in every area of your life. Do you know why people live in rebellion? It's because of ignorance. Okay? Sometimes a person is ignorant of the law. When a person is ignorant of the law, they can do something. But when they now become aware of the law concerning that specific act, they change. Okay? For instance, there is a law for carrying a gun. There is a law that allows you to do use the gun, right? Appropriately in the right way. There is a law that governs not stealing. So imagine someone who has no idea about the constitution of America or Ghana. You just go and steal. Then they are arrested and he asks them, why are you arresting me? Like, I took this, like I needed it. And he said, no, you don't do that. So why? They is now shown the constitution and the consequences for doing something like that. And helping him or her understand that when you do something like that, it is a bad thing. The person now gains knowledge. Previously was ignorant of what he is doing and even the consequences that follows what he is doing. But now he gains knowledge and understanding and realizes that, oh, okay, this is wrong. I'm not supposed to do it. That is one of the works of a pastor. A pastor feeds people with knowledge. Knowledge about the truth. That's what God does. So when God raises up a pastor, look at Ezekiel. Look, Ezekiel. Um, um, Jeremiah 3.15. Let's go to Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. Please go ahead, Miss Caroline. Um, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 states, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. The word shepherd is the word pastor. Babe, what does your version say? 
Mine says, then I will give you shepherds who are dear to my heart. Their knowledge and understanding will help them lead you. Miss um, Caroline, did you read the King James Version? James version of um, Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 says and I will give you pastors according to mine heart <clears throat> which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. I will give you pastors according to mine heart which shall feed you. So God he raises up pastors who feeds you with the knowledge of the truth knowledge of the truth and give you understanding to help you live don't be angry when you are corrected we we don't need to be angry when we are corrected in our behavior in our domestic life in our school life you understand in our spiritual life as well we don't need to be hungry. Often the truth is painful. You understand? The truth is painful. But you don't need to be angry. A wise man will be happy at correction because what happens is that he will think through it and realize that he is being helped. In John 8:44, Jesus said something to a, a, a crowd of people that were with him. Instead of learning from what he said, they were offended at him. They became angry at him. Look at what he said, John 8:44. I'm sorry, Pastor. Could you repeat that? John chapter 8. Start, start from 41. And then the main um, scripture I'm looking at is 44. But start from 41 so that you see that he was talking to some people. Or you can start from even 39, you know, it's all the way back. But 39 is okay to 44. Miss Caroline, go ahead. Uh, my wife, okay, all right. Go ahead. Babe, go ahead. Okay. Um, this is John chapter 8, verses 39 through 44. Okay, so it says, Abraham is our father, they answered. Jesus said, are you really Abraham's children? If you are, you will do what Abraham did. 
but you are looking for a way to kill me. I am a man who has told you the truth. I heard from God. Abraham didn't do the things you want to do. You are doing what your own father does. We have the right to claim to be God's children. They objected. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why aren't my words clear to you? Because you can't really hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to obey your father's wishes. From the beginning, the devil was a murderer. He has never obeyed the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his natural language. He does this because he is a liar. He is the father of lies. Amen. I think it's clear enough for us to understand. Hallelujah. He was telling them the truth and they were offended at him. That the, 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 the life you are portraying right now, you are the child of the devil. Can you imagine telling an homosexual that you are a child of the devil just by the way you are living or a liar? Man, you are in for a lot of trouble, I tell you. <laughs> be ready to fight. I can imagine seeing a woman fixing the hell like this. Say, what did you just call me? Lord have mercy on our generation. But can you see it right there? They were claiming to be children of God and they came from Abraham. And he was now trying to explain to them, listen, if you are from God, <laughs> the, the, the character you are exhibiting is not the character of God. And even Abraham, who you claim to be your father, that gave birth to your generation, is not the type, that's not the life he lived. And he will never do what you are doing. So let me tell you the truth. The truth of the matter is that this lifestyle you are living, you are living it because your father is the devil. Eh? He said, you are like your father, the devil. And they became upset. But was Jesus lying or was he telling the truth? And he, he didn't just call them the devil, but in order to help them, you know, this is correction. In order to help them to come out of it, he showed them who the devil is. And he told them, he is a murderer. He kills. He destroys. And he is a liar. When he tells lies, he's speaking his natural language. The devil, his nature is to lie and deceive. So when you start telling lies or you find yourself walking in deception and telling lies, understand that you are becoming a child of an entity that is not from God, which is the devil. So he was trying to help them. He was trying to help them. So when I have to speak to try to correct someone and I say, listen, what you are doing, you are... You are a child of the devil. 
Because the devil is a deceiver. He makes you think that you are a boy, even though you are a man. You don't need to be offended. I'm trying to help you. But people wouldn't accept that. But we are not talking about other people. We are talking about ourselves here. That we must allow ourselves to be corrected. Because it will help us. When you allow yourself to be corrected, number one, it reveals that you are a wise person. It shows how wise you are. But when you don't allow yourself to be corrected, it shows that you are not wise. You understand? We need to be corrected. Because correction will help us stay on the right track. Hallelujah. You know how many kids are hungry at their parents right now for correcting them? But have you ever been angry at your mom for correcting you? Yes. Father, forgive me, Lord. I might have been angry because she done swung on me, but you know, I done been angry. For sure, I definitely have. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Please forgive me, Lord. I remember one day as a child, I almost fought with my mother. I wanted to beat her. Are you okay there? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just remembering and I wanted to beat my mother one day. Now that she's dead, I miss her. You see, sometimes we can be very foolish, you know. When I think about it, she was right. I think that's happened for all of us. And I was upset. Very hungry. I remember she was cooking. I, I pushed the food out of the fire. Spilled it on the ground. Lord, I miss Give me Lord, please. Forgive me, Lord. I think we've all been angry at our parents and have done, you know, something that they didn't appreciate. Um... My, I probably wouldn't have knocked nothing off no stove because my mom probably would have knocked me in the next week just to see if she can get her check faster. But, you know, I'm just saying. I think we all, you know, done did something that our parents, you know, didn't like and 
you know, they done tried to get at us and we didn't appreciate it. I miss my mother too. My mother passed away in 1999 and, and we shared our differences sometimes, but we are human. You know, I think everyone on this earth has shared differences with a parent or two, you know, but I, I understand. I miss my mother too. You know, we should thank God if our parents are alive. There are many who often don't have strong parents to guide them. And they go astray. There are people... Yeah, I only have a stepfather. The one I tell you about, he, he just like you. He talk about God and nothing else or nobody else. But I understand. I lost both of my parents, too. I wasn't, I didn't have a good relationship with my dad, though. So when I, when he left, unfortunately, it didn't really bother me. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, it, it, it did a little something to me, but not like when my mother left, you know. But I got a stepfather, and, and he's he's a strong prayer warrior. But I'm, I'm grateful for him. May God have mercy on us. May we allow ourselves to be corrected. You know, for so many years of my life, I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons uh, after losing my parents. But I've not really had someone to correct me. You know? I've not really had someone to correct me for so many years. No mother, no father is there. So if I'm taking a decision that is wrong, who is there to t tell me what you are, the decision you are taking is wrong? You know, and I thank, I thank God for my life that right from being young, he's always been there to correct me, to help me. Because this is not how my life would have ended up. You know, I was born in the ghetto where it is drugs and all kinds of things. I probably would have ended up as being one of them because as a child I imagine piercing my ears and having some tattoos all over my body. You know, I'm going to braid my hair. I've, my life would have probably ended up in a, a whole different way but god over the years has taught me that's why i appreciate my wife so much you know sometimes when i'm wrong she'll tell me you are wrong i say okay i'm sorry you know we must allow ourselves to be corrected because it will help us you see that is why when you talk about hell people don't like it sometimes it's because they can't bear the the image of what is going to happen there but we are speaking about hell so that you will be corrected and come out of whatever lifestyle you are in to become a better person sometimes you have to be told how dangerous the fire is so that you don't go to the fire you have to be told the effects of what the fire can do.
so that you don't touch the fire. You know there are children, they play with everything, and they can go and hold an electric wire and it will shock them. But when you give them an advanced knowledge of how dangerous this thing is, it will help them. So, sometimes when the gospel is preached, remember the Bible says the word of God is also for correction. When the gospel is preached and you are told that, listen, please change the way you are living. Because if you don't change, apart from being away from God, where you will not enjoy the glory of God, where you are going to end up is a place called hell. And it's going to be an unbearable experience. You've never felt such pain in your life. So don't go there. Don't go there. Please don't go there. Don't go there. Please. You're not just going to be separated from God, but you're going to find yourself in pain unimaginable. Please love yourself for once and decide to change. It's to help that individual. Babe, you were going to say something. Were you going to say something? Hallelujah. So it is very, very important for us to be corrected and allow ourselves to be corrected. Because correction helps us. And when we accept correction, it reveals how wise we are. Because all the people you see that you admire, and you wonder, how are they able to make it? How are they able to get to this place? They've made so many mistakes. They've been corrected. They've learned out of experience. And now when they speak, you say, oh, this guy is a wise person. He was foolish before. Now he has become wise. He's become wise because of correction. He's made mistakes in life. People have had finances, and they've made mistakes with their money. Now, they can give you a very good financial advice. Why? Because they know how they can spend a million dollars and overnight. And go angry and they have learned lessons that they can give you and become a hallelujah may God help us all amen this is the end of our Bible studies if you have a question you can please ask if not we are bringing the Bible studies to an end God bless you